0: Hey, how you guys doing? Elsie, John, <laughs> Schlemiel, Schlamazel, <laughs> Haas and Pfeffer, Corporated. Hello. <laughs> Hello. H- how's it going? I guess uh, we, we have to take care That's of some business it. here right up from the get-go, right? I know. We're all down to business. Yeah. Well, before we get started, we wanted to talk about a new sponsor called Mike Me. Mike Me is... A company that does custom intros and outros and editing. Um, if you want to check them out, it's mikeme.com, m i c m e.com. You can get 10% off your first intro and outro with promo code she podcasts. Um, they also do editing. I just want to make sure that you can spell it right. It's M i c m e, M i c m e dot com. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, also, we have a sample of what they did. They did the Internatro for the feed for Elsie's other show, right, Elsie? Yes, he did.
1: He totally did. He's amazing. I love Nick, and I always give him shout outs there. So, if you want to uh, listen to a tiny few seconds of his work, here, here it is.
2: The feed.
0: That was cool. Yay! It's so powerful. I know. It and smacks you in the face with power.
1: I like it because we also had some good feedback after I changed it. So thank you, Nick. And you guys, reach out to MikeMe.com for your intros and outros with 10% off using the code, is that right? The promo code G-Podcast together. Yeah, with an S. Don't forget the S. Uh,
0: moving on, yeah. we want to tell you about the E-League.
1: Well, actually, what I wanted to talk about, sorry, Jess, I just, we had that there, but I kind of wanted to first let our people know where I'm recording today, just to do a little bit of a catch-up, because we had to change the way that we, our schedules and all kinds of stuff, and the school Mm -hmm. year's a little bit different, and um, so now, instead of recording at like 11 in the morning, which is when I was recording in the past... I am, we are recording in the afternoon on Wednesday. And on the afternoon on Wednesdays, we are in town. So I'm recording in town. And I'm recording at the public library. How about that? So I'm recording in the computer room at the public library. And uh, I I get a chance to kind of sit here and and do this. Perfect. Are you going to get shushed? I don't think I'm going to get shushed because it's a room. This is where people get do classes, and and you know when story time happens, like you don't shush the little kids. It's no, it's it's closed, right? So it's right. where classes happen and things like that. So just as a thought, guys, you can actually do that with your library. I think most libraries can have some rooms available, but the key is that you can't plan on it. So you don't, if you call them and you reserve a room, usually there's some kind of fee. But if you come to the library and you ask to use a room, more likely than not, they'll let you use it. How about that? So (laughs) there
2: you go. Okay. But the one thing that I'm concerned about is you being subdued in your talking, like all of a sudden you're MPR, Elsie, and not Crazy laugh, Elsie, when you hear something funny.
0: Well, we're gonna have. Yeah, to, you can't be yourself, see. and we don't appreciate it. <laughs> Look at us giving it a hard time. Finally, she found a place to podcast from, and we're like, "Screw you! It's not good enough."
1: Anyway, I just wanted to see that, and then I wanted to ask you, Jessica Cufferman. You did some fun things that you didn't really let me know ahead of time at all. <laughs> oh, but
0: oops, so, yeah, would you like to share with the people? I went to New York City on Monday and I did a workshop f- with Selena Sue and Laura Belgray leading it just about like your next big idea and how to get your big idea to impact millions. That's the name of Selena's course impacting millions. Um she's a good person for PR and Getting more visibility and Laura is a Brilliant copywriter and so They had this little mini workshop for 12 People where you could come and hang Out in Selena's apartment and we would Go around and like help each other become unstuck It was really fun it was about eight hours Her apartment is a it's like she Lives hmm. on the 53rd floor in Midtown So like three-fourths of The wall is windows So you can see over the entire City of New York City also Not sure if you know this or not, but Selena Sue, equally as glamorous in person as she looks on video. Like, however pristine her skin and her long, flowing, perfectly coiffed hair, like, it looks just like that in person. She's absolutely the same exact way. And you don't always, you know, sometimes when you meet someone in person, you're like, oh, like you have a face full of dark hair, like a werewolf. Okay. But uh, nope, she does not. She is perfection glorified, or whatever that word is. (laughs) <laughs> Laura was extremely funny and fun and warm. It was really fun. I got to know them through B-School. Elsie, of course, does not remember them. But yeah, so they're friends from when I met Elsie. even I can't believe you don't remember. Laura Belgrade is Marie Forleo's uh, copywriter. I'm surprised you don't remember her because she was in the group a lot. And so was Selena. How am I supposed
1: to know that? I don't know that. Plus, I'm so, in- like again, I'm so introverted. I don't ask all of that stuff. I barely showed up for B-School when I did it. Meaning engaged with anybody other than our special little 2011 you barely
0: engaged with me i don't remember engaging with you myself as a matter of fact see how you've said it how am i supposed to know this thing and plus give me a break dude
1: if if i buy a course i don't know who the heck is the copywriter for that
0: course well that's true it's just that she all right that's true i just knew her because the talk her name the name of her company is talking shrimp Oh, that's a great name. Talking shrimp stands out quite a bit. Uh, But anyway, I have decided after this last trip that I don't want to stay in New York City again for a really long time unless it's for work and somebody else is paying for it because like when I stay in a hotel here just to get away for the night or whatever, it's like $100. It's like amazing room service, comfortable bed, lots of space. I go to New York City based on recommendation from online to a place i've never seen it's four hundred dollars something's always broken and it's so tight in there that it's almost like you're staying in a friend's closet usually that's what it's like it's like here you can stay in my one car garage for the night I mean, not that like cold and damp or whatever, but sometimes it is. The buildings are so old in New York City that inevitably I come home sneezing and coughing from like smelling the mold all night. The air conditioning doesn't quite work the heat, or the heater doesn't quite work or there's a wet spot in the middle of the floor that happened to me last year. This time I went in there and the air conditioning wasn't working and they were like, well, we'll call the engineer. And then two minutes later, the engineer called me back and was like, yeah, we already told them that that unit doesn't have air conditioning and i was like awesome oh This is after God. i'd already been down twice because they gave me the wrong type of room so it's just annoying like oh. people and you know i had five hours to myself so like i got there around four and i didn't have to be anywhere till 10 a.m the next day normally i would see a friend for dinner but the friend that i was planning on meeting for dinner his wife had some kind of surgery and i guess he thought it wouldn't affect our plans because he's a numb nuts but of course it would so um i didn't i did not end up having plans and and like people always are like go out see the city have a good time and it's like do i have to i don't want to stand on a dirty street corner and look at my phone to figure out which fucking direction i'm going in in order to find something fun to do for an hour before i'm exhausted i'll just stay in my room thank you very much so i ended up watching sitcoms on my phone in my room for like five hours and then went to sleep early so it was good it was a really good time. The, the Mastermind was a great time, but staying in New York, I'm just over it. I'm over traveling there. I feel filthy the second I get into a train station, and I don't stop feeling filthy until the second I get home.
1: <sighs> oh,
0: well, it's been so long since I've been to New York. I can't even remember. Do you want to? I mean, do you like staying in New York? I don't even know if I've ever been in New York with you. I guarantee you podcast movement will be in New York soon, and I'll have to see what else is like in New York. But I can imagine that it's not your most fun place. Am I wrong?
1: It wasn't so bad when I went. I, I, like I said, I went once, and um, but I was there for like three or four days, and mm-hmm. I was put up by a fellow person that graduated from the grad school that we went to, and okay. I had to deal with going to meetings, um, agent meetings, casting calls, um, auditions, and all of that by myself up and down mm-hmm. the darn Subway for the very first time, going into all of these like CBS and NBC and all of that stuff. And it was kind of exciting, but at the same time, it was all work. It was like, okay, here I, it literally was just trying to figure out where the hell I was going. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, that, that's it. But I do have a, a wonderful memory of coming back to the apartment somewhere around two or three in the morning. And when you're walking down the street and smelling like, um, donuts, fresh donuts, or something that was delicious. And people eating That's and true. drinking that. donuts, I guess, after the end of the night or something. And I thought that was very New York.
0: <laughs> I will give you this. I've yet to just happenstance into a restaurant and not have the best meal in my life. I never pick wrong. And I don't know that you can pick wrong. I think in order to survive as a restaurant in New York City, it has to be the tits. Right. But that said the getting there, the being there, the getting around while you're there. I don't know how to use the subway, nor do I intend to ever learn. So I will either do an Uber and a taxi or I'll walk my little ass wherever I need to go. You know, the other thing I have to complain about, which is something I swear on my life, anytime we have a mastermind, I refuse to do this. Anytime I am in New York City for any kind of work function, be it mastermind in someone's home or like the podcast upfront or what was the last thing I was there for some kind of women's event. They have the weirdest fucking lunches. It's like these Mm. dump bowls of salad with quinoa or brown rice, or, you know, with like mushy salmon or like over marinated chicken. And like the most like this one, it was delicious, but like, I never feel full after eating this. So she had two trays and one of them was like, Instead of lettuce, it was Brussels sprouts with pickled onions and lime chicken. Uh, and I think there was some carrot in there. I'm not sure. And a lovely dressing. And then the other one was brown sushi rice, something dark, maybe spinach and salmon and another vinaigrette. It was a little spicy. And I mean, yes, it's delicious. But like, what if I want a sandwich? How How is anybody supposed to be full after eating a giant bowl of like shit that goes right through you. Not that it went through. It didn't even go right through. But I just feel like that's the stuff that you digest so fast that you're hungry in like an hour. So anyway, that happens to me every time. There's never like a a normal lunch. It's like the only thing people eat for lunchtime in New York City is rabbit food. And I can't figure <laughs> well, I out why. I would fit right in. You need to have huh? snacks in your purse. Like when you and I did lunch, we were the, we were awesome. We had some kind of lo mein Singapore noodles. We had rice. We had salad. We had meat. Like We had all the things so that if you just wanted to carb load your face off, you could. That's what I want. I want an opportunity to have a carb once you in want- a fucking while. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> you want it to expand. Yeah, I
0: understand to expand what's absolutely necessary for your belly. I just want to feel full. To, yeah. And if there's <laughs> like a tiny bit of sushi rice, I can't. Like I need to, you know, feel full.
1: Mm-hmm. I get it, but um, okay. So now we know what, how you feel about New York, and then at some point we will have a debrief whenever we both experience it together. How's that?
0: I love it. I can't wait. Okay, cool.
1: So now let's go ahead Super. and move into some news. But before we get into some news, let's just talk about Text Extender really quickly, because yes. um, and so obviously this is this is an ad, people, because we love Text Expander. We do. And they love us. I have been using Text Expander so much in this past couple of weeks uh, because of the fact that the E-League is coming up. My mentorship experience is what I call it. And I don't know, I know that, Jess, I I texted you yesterday about, you know, a title that I I was kind of messing around with some ideas of how to market the E-League. And I I said, I need a title. And and then you sent me all this information, but I could tell, I mean, it's really hard to write the E-League, right? So it's capital T. For the and then e league is capital E and then there's a dash and then it's capital L. And that's like super annoying to write. And, and I look at that and every time I look at it, I like the way that it looks, but it's really annoying to type it. So, mm-hmm. uh, now all I have to do is just type T T H E. And every time I type T T H E, then the e league just pops up like the entire phrase with. Capitalize with the dash and all that stuff. So I've been saving myself so much work because every time I write it, it's super easy because I'm using Text Expander, which is an app that expands a, a li- into larger text from small shortcuts. And it's supported again in my app on my phone as well because there is a Text Expander mobile. It is also available for um, Windows and obviously Mac desktop and all that kind of stuff. And it's super exciting. And I, I mean, I, it's part of my workflow. I, I don't think I ever not, I, I'm never not using Text Expander. And if you go to TextExpander.com slash podcast, you get 20% off of your first year. Okay. So it's a landing page when you go to Text Expander. And you're
0: welcome because everyone I know that uses Text Expander is totally obsessed with it.
1: Yeah. It's in- insane. I mean, all of the little things that you keep typing, and it's so helpful. So texexpander.com slash podcast. And on the landing page, there's a drop down worth all of these names with the podcasts that they support. And if you would pick us, that would be awesome. Go ahead and pick us, and you'll get 20% off of your first year. So yay. Right on. The
0: news you can use. For the informed podcaster podcasting news.
1: I am really concerned about all of these news that happened this week. What the
0: heck? There is a lot of podcasting news happening. I don't particularly think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. It means that these people are learning their lesson, which I enjoy. I love people learning their lessons
1: as well. So, uh, so the first thing that came up this week was that BuzzFeed is cutting their podcast team. And they used to call themselves the Pod Squad. How about that, Jess? Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very familiar, as a matter of fact. I keep hearing about the Pod Squad.
1: Yeah, I know. So they used to be, you know, called the Pod Squad. But I was really surprised by seeing that, the, that they cut that whole thing. and then. But you actually explained it to me because I didn't bother to read the article. I just read the headline and saw some stuff on Twitter. So what do you think about BuzzFeed cutting down the the podcast team?
0: I mean, their best thing that they do is video. I don't think that they were really zoned in on podcasts per se. They had a whole production team, but they didn't really need that. They need that production team for video. Their videos are amazing and they put a lot of care and time into it. I don't know that they have the staff nor the passion for doing audio the way that they do video. So they did say that they were going to help develop shows, still, just not with their own in-house production team. That they'll probably get involved in shows that are either already being done or develop with like Panoply, who is or who is that other uh, not Panoply? Who's the Reply All guy? Gimlet, Gimlet, Gimlet. You know somebody who somebody who develops shows as like a side business too. Like like Gimlet does that.
1: Yeah. And we'll see when you when you put it that way, I was like, well, and then then I started reading some more of their articles about these news. Right. And part of it is that um, what they were doing is they were just streamlining the what was going out. Right. Because they didn't meet their whatever their goals, their quarterly goals were, they missed it by quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what they've been doing is that they they cut all of these things. They are going to be focusing on video, but one of the uh, strategies that they are putting together is that they're going to be hiring the teams to come in and work on projects. So instead of having people on staff doing all this stuff, exactly. they're just going to exactly. say, we're going to develop a podcast we are going to hire these people, and they're going to come in and do the thing, right? So it's a smart move. The thing that I that really bothers me, though, is that their podcasts were actually incredibly well developed. They had some of the most diverse expression of hosts and topics that I've seen anywhere. If you were just going to take what some of these networks were putting out, BuzzFeed had, Oh my gosh! They had such an, a, a diverse amount of voices in there, and I'm not talking just about race. I'm I'm talking about topics, and I'm talking about the, the they ran the gamut of so much, and all of the hosts were really smart, and their personalities were very strong. They were very well produced, and I guess it saddens me to see that, but at the same time, seeing that. Larger corporations. Do you realize how
0: many shows they have?
1: They have a bazillion of them.
0: They have like 20. Yeah, they have 20 shows. Well, still, that's a lot. But once they did another round and the other one, the one about the internet, after that, I've not heard anyone talking about any of these shows. Have you?
1: Yes, I have. But here's the thing, though, Jess. Does the fact that nobody's talking about these shows make these shows not valuable as assets to shift cultural narratives. I don't think so. They make them less valuable for somebody who's trying to make money and not spend more money. So whenever a corporation starts to make cuts, that's what they're going to cut. They're just going to cut that because podcasting isn't a cash cow. Podcasting isn't going to build audiences right away. Podcasting is going to probably end up costing you a lot more money. (laughs) than you are making on it. And it's a long tail game.
0: Well, but the reason they got into it was to make money. It's the reason most of these guys got into it to make money. They It wasn't to exactly. make a statement about culture. Like People can do that on their own time without having to spend BuzzFeed's billion, you know, million dollars on podcasts when they're already spending so much on video and it's working. It is making them money. So, of course, they're going to cut podcasting. It doesn't mean it's not good content. It just means that... Right. Somebody else should be doing it who doesn't have to spend that kind of money on it, I guess.
1: Exactly. No, and I'm, I'm just putting that out there in the sense that they are now seeing the reality of what it takes to podcast consistently and what it really means to the bottom line. And that if a company is starting a podcast because they want to get more cash – the cash flow, if you will, if they, yeah, they actually want to raise revenue by creating a podcast, I would advise against that because that's not what the podcast mm-hmm. is going to do. So, um, it's not a solution to, to the, the, the money issue. So even you guys that are starting podcasts because you feel having a podcast is for some reason going to make you millions of dollars. I would venture to say that that's not true. And for you to really assess why. You want to come into the podcasting space. But that said, though, there are people. Let's look at this audio boom story that I just put in here because I think it's it's very interesting, too. So, Audio Boom launches a new podcast and they're doing this with a billboard and a TV promo campaign. Have you seen this gigantic mm. thing here happening? You see where it's. No, let me take a look. What, what do you think about this?
2: Where are they advertising? I know, I understand the billboard. That's a great idea. In Texas. I right, said so they're doing this in Texas, but. Again, yep. yes, you have to be able to you have to be able to get your podcast in front of people that are not podcasters or not podcast listeners. You got to go out there and get the people that don't know much about podcasting. So to me, I think that's a great that's right. idea. But the problem is, it costs money, like mucho mucho money.
0: I wonder why they would do Texas. Texas must have the strongest number of true crime listeners because they're a British company and it's hosted by a British journalist. Unless the guys from Texas right. who they're investigating. I'm just curious like why – oh, because it's a location featured in the podcast. All right. The t- TV ads will appear on Top 30 and Dish Nation as well as podcasts of those programs. Ads will be heard in other shows as well. I mean that's really interesting. I think um, – I mean we know that podcast advertising works for podcasts. I know that already. I don't know how they're going to measure whether or not the billboard works because that's one of the few tides of advertising where you're just kind of like throwing – Shit! You're just throwing money down the toilet. If you don't, how are you going to know? I guess you'll know if you have a lot of listeners from Texas, but you probably will anyway. If there's a location featured in the show, right in Texas.
1: So I mean, good good on them for trying something different, right? I I think it's
0: cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of I mean, you know, Dead Man, not Dead Man, uh, Doctor Death. I think had television, didn't it? I think it does. I don't remember now. I don't know enough to comment on that. I
1: know that they did have. For sure. I mean, look at the support they got from Apple, though, for Doctor the Dr. Death um, premiere. I mean, I think I'm not sure if the entirety of Apple themselves, but at least Steve Wilson, who is the head of marketing for Apple, did tweet out um, a, an image of himself um, at a listening party for Dr. Death. And he was wearing those little blackout um, mask thingy majiggers. It, on your head, on your face, on your eyes. And it said Dr. Death on it. And he tweeted that out. I mean, if that's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's endorsement of some kind or support, right? But see, I like the idea. I'd I'd be very interested to see how it works out for them. And they're testing out some waters and Audio Boom makes some big decisions all the time. Although do. I do have to say that I've been kind of a little wary. of. They their are
0: de- a company of rash decision making. They are like the most bipolar company. First, they're bankrupt. Now they're spending money on a billboard. What the frig? If you think about it, is that that even
1: responsible? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it seems to me they make decisions, I think, based on exactly what you're talking about. I think you just mentioned this, like they're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You know, it's like,
0: okay, whimsy. We'll see if (laughs) this works. What's life without whimsy? Let's just go for it.
2: Well, I would think that advertising is—you try- have to get your, your numbers up. So the do- best way to do that is through advertising. They say true, if you don't billboard? advertise your business, that the, the next time you do do any advertising is when you are advertising it going out of business. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it's true. And then you know, billboards I like because people are in the car, and my first thing is board of the radio. Here is the blah 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 podcast. You know, just as, and then someone's like, Oh, a podcast, let me check that one out. I know I would.
1: You know one thing that billboards really have going for them is that there's a lot of people who who have the same routes, like they actually go in the same place every single day. So if let's say somebody is doing their their job and they're going to wherever five days a week, that means they're gonna be exposed to that thing. At first it's gonna be like, ooh, what is that? Oh, um, wait, what what does that say? Oh, um dead man talk Oh, that's interesting oh and then again and the more they see it the more they're going to go okay what is this dead man talking thing because it just keeps coming up i think that there's power in that where there's going to be a point when they're going people are going to go like okay why not listen what is this podcast thing
0: yeah so yeah eh. serious buying pandora that's kind of a big deal
1: that is kind of a big deal dude it's yeah. a
0: pretty big deal
1: i was kind of surprised mind you though serious um it seems like serious XM had already invested in Pandora. Like they had, I don't know what percentage of spot stock ownership of Pandora already. So they've had a relationship for a while now.
0: The massive merger will help it to grow its ad business and subscription offerings. I didn't know that they, uh, Pandora needed that kind of help.
2: I was under the impression that they <laughs> do not. Is it Pandora? Is it Sirius XM?
0: You no, know, I think it's
1: Sirius the other way. I think it's the other way around, bought, Pandora, that Pandora is going to help. That, yeah, Pandora is going to help Sirius with their subscription stuff.
2: Yeah, I, that's actually what I meant was because I think yeah. Pandora is probably bigger than Sirius XM, and Sirius XM is going to need help pretty soon because their biggest guy is probably going away soon. Their biggest draw.
0: Mm-hmm. Pandora's search for a buyer is over. Sirius, which previously invested in four hundred eighty million, is now acquiring it outright. Sure enough, Pandora's CEO who took over from interim CEO after co-founder announced he was leaving, says the massive merger will help it to grow its ad business and subscription offerings. So it's not saying which one needs help. The combination creates the world's largest audio entertainment company with more than $7 billion in expected pro forma revenue in 2018, said SiriusXM in a blog post announcing the buyout. All right, let me go to the blog post. Hold on.
1: Yeah. And and also part of it too, though, I mean, it's really interesting to start to think about how many people already know what serious exam is, right? And I think Dave Jackson, hey, Dave, I think Dave Jackson um, also mentioned that he has this like love-hate relationship with with Sirius where it's like, well, it's not that he hates it, but he'll, you know, he'll start the subscription and then he'll quit and then he'll start again and he'll quit. And so it's one of those things where there's a lot of people that have done that. They've got the little devices, they know what XM is. And, and I mean, just the possibility though, guys, if Pandora does in some way start to open up podcasting into, you know, in the same way that Spotify did, let's, and oh my God, that would be they incredible. are now merging it with the, yeah, with the SiriusXM. And it would be so fun be to be able to just do that with podcasts, right? I mean, that would be fun. I'd like that.
0: That would be incredible. The article says Pandora will benefit from SiriusXM's scale, industry expertise, and financial resources. Duh. SiriusXM will benefit from Pandora's mobile strength, digital presence, and ad capability. That actually makes sense because SiriusXM is huge and they have tons of money, but Pandora is mobile and nobody listens to SiriusXM on mobile. And I do mean nobody. Like, I even pay for it and I never ever listen to it on mobile. Because why would I when I have Spotify? It just makes no sense. I only to listen to SiriusXM in the car.
1: Yeah, I don't think that the series. That's what I where I feel SiriusXM really just didn't do well is when in that transition. They were so like thinking f- forward in terms of the cars, which was great. But then there was the transition between cars and the home. And then it was like you had to have... Didn't you have to have some little devices or something that it's the only thing that you could used to listen in your house was a special little gadget of sorts.
0: I mean, I can, I can do
2: it on Alexa. So when I, when Howard Stern decided to go to Sirius XM, I immediately, when he announced it, I immediately, I was in Delaware And I drove to the Circuit City that's about a block and a half from Jess's house. Oh my God.
0: I know Circuit City. Right. And I,
2: and I was there and I walked in and I said, I want to buy a Sirius radio. And the guy goes, why? And I said, because Howard Stern just announced that he's going to Sirius. So I bought that. So then once I got that, then I had to try to get the one for the house. Now you got to get the antenna. You got it out the window. You're moving it to the left. You're Mm. moving it to the right. It was a, it was such a pain in the rear end. My Sirius XM radio was stolen out of my car three times. <gasps> so, yeah. Oh and then God. it was ridiculous. So finally, when Howard went to three days a week, I was like, what am I paying for? The best of? Mm-hmm. And I just finally dropped it because that's all I listened to was Howard Stern and Howard Stern's channel. I never yeah. listened to the music. I never listened to anything else. And to be honest with you, I really didn't even miss it. So the the great hmm. thing that Sirius XM is... Four is for people that do like over the road trucking, and this way you don't have to go from radio station to radio station to radio station. You can leave it on one radio station and drive from here to Timbuktu and back, and never have to change the station. So, yeah, that's that's their biggest thing. But for like for me right now, in two weeks, I'm going to be taking an eight hour car ride, so I'm already figuring out how many podcasts I have to load in my phone to make an eight hour car ride up and an eight hour car ride back. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I mean, mean Yeah, I don't listen to I swear I don't listen to radio. The other day the kids put the music on and I said, I'm gonna hit a pole if you don't know, turn this music off. I can't take yeah, it. I'm officially an old man. I can't handle today's music. It's horrible.
0: Their music is just I agree, it's terrible. And I do I do use it for going through several main stations. Like between I there's Howard and a few other comedy ones, but then there's also um There's a rock series. Like I had um, I left my car with my ex-husband so he could take care of Isaac while I was in New York. And when I come back, it was on an FM radio station. And I was like, is this a commercial? Like I was so irritated because like I was like, I have no control over what's coming next. I have to get out of here. Like it was a nightmare. It was a full nightmare when, like, yeah. at least if you're on, like, Yacht Rock, you have an idea of what's going to come next or or classic vinyl or hip hop from the 90s. Like, it's pretty specific. Whereas, like, the regular radio and even Pandora, I mean, Pandora, you have control over, too. So in that way, it's, they're similar. But
2: And I mean, with Spotify, if you pay for Spotify and you pay for Apple Music or you pay for one of these other ones, like with Apple Music, what I do is I have, like, four or five playlists. So when I go into my car, it's downloaded to my phone. I plug it in, I just, whatever rock playlist, whatever oldies, old hip hop playlist, I just hit that and it plays. And I, I never, I swear, I really never listen to the radio except for local sports. You know, our area's local sports station, it's really the only thing I ever listen to radio for.
0: Not the me.
1: But anyway, coming back to the XM thing and the Pandora stuff, we will keep an eye out, guys. This was where the little eye emoji would come up. Like if we had like somehow like 3D podcast listening experiences, you you would see like a little eyes come up right in front of you right now. We're going to keep an eye out on this story.
0: <laughs> yes, we should.
1: But again, though, but see, it's not all like doom and gloom. Vox Media is also expanding. I mean, they instead of it's sort of like the opposite story that BuzzFeed did. It's sort of like Vox Media itself is literally just putting – more of their eggs into the expansion basket, if you will, by growing what they're doing in there, so that they're actually putting more money into the game. They're putting more resources into the game. They're hiring more people. Um, it looks like they're they're putting a, a bunch of new shows. Like there's a new original nonfiction audio programming debuting in the fall. One of them is um, from Recode. It's um, it's called Pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. They have Eaters start to sail. SB Nation's It Seems Smart, Vox Media's Function with Anil Dosh, and a new podcast from Vox to be detailed soon. So, I mean, it looks like they're, they're expanding. Now, that said, though, they do have some really big luminaries in their, um, I guess, I don't even know what you call them, in, in Vox Media themselves. They're, they're, and also, their listener base is very tech-heavy, I think. Uh, People who don't necessarily like they're not trying to appeal to the same audience as BuzzFeed is trying to appeal to Vox Media is appealing to, I would say, about 80 to 90 percent of of the people who listen to their podcasts are already listeners to podcasts. Um mm-hmm. they're used to the technology. They're used to engaging in this way. They are like above average in the usage of whatever technology they're they're doing. They're the ones that buy the latest phones. They're the ones that are interested in how technology is affecting culture. They're the ones that really know the minutiae of all of the things that happen. So I I see it as a, a win too, but it, it seems like there's a lot of moving here. And I think companies that know how to leverage podcasting and how they, they have already built ex- existing audiences because The Verge cast is pretty well known as well as Kara Swisher just herself is yeah. is somewhat of a, of a fi- like super famous person like as a ma- major luminary. For me, it's like being on the stage with Kara Swisher would be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm – that would
0: be so scary. <laughs> totally. I totally get it.
2: Well, the other thing that they did was they took ec- – SB Nation, which has a podcast for every NFL team, 32 teams. So if you're, let's say I'm in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but I'm a fan of uh, an, the Oakland Raiders. Oh, I can't get Oakland. Well, I guess I could now with the internet. But so you can listen to a podcast about what's going on with that team. So there's, you know, and that's all the way from basically September to February that you could be listening to these podcasts. Well, they're they're all year round right. because they, they do the draft and all that other stuff. So they're always talking that so they have that, too. So that would bring in a lot of people.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I think they really know their audience. You know, they know their audience. Vox Media, is, uh, is they know who they are that they're appealing to, whereas the other companies out there, I feel, are still trying to figure out who the audience is, right? They're like, we, this is going to be the best person. And then they realize that that's not going to happen. Not. So let's just appeal yeah. to these people. And it's just their audience acquisition or even who their main person is. They don't know who that is. Mhm, yeah, that's a shame, so Fox media expansion, so yay, yay, but now, so, what do you think about the Instagram founders exiting um Facebook? Jess?
0: I mean, it's kinda like when you texted me what you said, like did they really think that Facebook was gonna keep their nose out of Instagram like they must have been crazy, <laughs> so right. I see why they bowed out, but I hope that doesn't mean that Instagram's gonna become like Facebook because. It's well loved for not being that way. Like as as Facebook's brand becomes tarnished, even though it's owned by Facebook, it's not had the same problem. So I'll be very interested mm-hmm. to see if they're gonna cause some trouble or what. I hope not, because I really like Instagram.
2: You know they're gonna be over there sticking their nose in They're already that's one of the reasons they're why they're doing leaving. It, yeah. They're already sticking their nose over in it. Uh Zuckerberg's already over there because They have a feeling that that's where their revenue is going to be coming from.
0: Well, especially as they fuck up Facebook. Right. It's kind of sad, but it's Mm -hmm.
1: true. I think the bottom line is that the reason that they left is exactly why the Snapchat people left. It's exactly why most founders leave when they are acquired, is that the original brand is no longer going to reflect the mission or the vision that they, they started the company around. And it is a kind of one of those things where Facebook was just coming in too many times and and wanting to do things their way and they finally it was one of those things where they finally recognized and they were said like, "You know what? This is this constant fight every day isn't going to work. Instagram is no longer the company or the the app that we created. And it would be like for me, this is I would be like, it is going to be too hard for me to watch you destroy it. And I'm I'm bowing mm-hmm. out. I can't I can't watch this happen. Not 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 while I'm in it, <laughs> especially yeah. with what you were talking about before, where it's like the tarnished brand that Facebook is constantly working against. Oh, another Facebook debacle, right? Versus Instagram's never had anything like that happen. I mean, I think that the bad stuff that's happened has been from like somebody who's been posting, um, you know, the sponsored ads, like the celebrities that weren't disclosing. And then um I think that there was some things that they put out yeah, I actually don't even know. I'm trying to come up with something like, was there something else that Facebook, Instagram like was in the news for? But I was like, hmm.
2: I wonder how much Facebook bought Instagram for because the founders probably have screw you money. So they don't even really need to work. You know, they were doing as, as a love of their product. And now now they said they're just they're going right. out, they're going off. The, hey, listen, we're going to go off and invent something else. Amazing. Maybe. But we're not doing this anymore. Right.
1: That's what I would have done. Bye-bye. Bye-out. You know, bow out to. See ya. Wouldn't (laughs) want to be ya. Oh, my God.
0: We have a great Weird and Wild. Let's tell them all about it.
1: Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the week. Okay. All right. So this one's actually a, a, a Weird and Wild from our listeners. How about that? I like that. This was suggested by Daniel. Daniel J. Lewis. DJ L um, told us to look at the Karen and Ellen letters. Yes. You want to read what it's about? We'll have the link in the show
0: notes so you guys can see it, but it does sound incredibly interesting. The Karen and Ellen letters is a true tale of two girls, their found correspondence, and a journey deep into cognitive dissonance. The Podcast Chronicles host Josh Hallmark's 12-year obsession with finding out the truth behind a stack of bizarre letters he received for his 24th birthday. It is equal parts comedy and mystery. That's pretty cool. That's a really fun idea for a show. Don't you think? I
1: know. And it says that it's like two two teenage girls and their landlord.
0: Oh, yeah. It's right. It's between them and their landlord. So weird.
1: It's just so bizarre.
0: Like... I like it.
1: So we are going to have to, ch- I'm going to have to check it out, at least one episode of this thing. Um, and I'll have a link in the show notes so you guys could check it out. So thank you, Daniel, for letting us know about that, that Karen and Ellen letters. Another one that I thought was interesting was this one, which the cops, these are police officers who have started a podcast to see if they can find a fugitive millionaire. So there's oh, really? that. <laughs> so- <laughs> these guys like took over the news. Like when I was looking at the news cycle, I was like, oh, my God, these cops are getting a lot of press. So thank you, police officers, for getting in the game.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, Internet people are very resourceful. I remember one time somebody was did some kind of video where there was a flag behind them and the people got in there and looked at the angle of the flag and the time of the day or whatever, and they pinpointed exactly where that guy was. So if I was this fugitive millionaire i'd be awful worried that sounds really cool and i cannot
0: believe they're trying to find a fugitive i can't wh- i can't believe the balls that a fugitive would have in pot oh wait no 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 i have it wrong the millionaire's not
2: podcasting no. right no the fugitive is not Dude, podcasting. No. <laughs> i dare you to come <laughs> get the me coppers. Way around
0: i was like how are they gonna find him <laughs> such a dumbass.
2: I'm over here, no, coppers. No,
0: the Newport. This is like the
1: Newport Beach Police Department.
0: They're the yeah, ones they're that Yeah, they're using looking. a podcast to make sure people know about him. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, so that's dumb. why I thought, oh, my God.
1: Lots of coverage. So police officers are getting very smart at trying to catch criminals this way. Anyway, that's yeah. like, that's, yeah, that's crazy. But speaking of like kind of crazy, crazy things, um, I am doing the E-League again. Oh, <laughs> this last part of the year, <laughs> and I I want you guys to apply if you have been thinking about doing the e league, especially if you want to kind of take your podcasting, whatever mission or vision that you have going on for next year. Because I'm going to see if I can in some way get you guys access to uh, a special podcast episode that I created just for the e leaguers to tell them like what my journey has been because of last year's work uh doing this. So I was incredibly floored by how planning really matters and planning is so strong in making sure that you move into whatever wherever it is that you need to go um as a podcaster. So I will have a link in the show notes and you guys can check it out and see what to expect for the e League.
0: Yay E League totally
1: And hey, September thirtieth is International Podcast Day. What are you doing for, inter- or for International Podcast Day, Jessica Kupferman?
0: Well, since this is the day after that they're going to hear it, what I've done <laughs> is a session yesterday at noon <laughs> on Audio Influence. But I, will, I, I was just telling you we can market it on social, but right. we should, probably shouldn't talk about it. That's all. Mm, that
1: would be awesome. Of course, we'll put it on all over there. And, and yeah. one last little bit before we kind of finish the show here. I am I'm an ambassador, really, or a, 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 an advocate for this um, initiative called the Women Podcasters in Solidarity Initiative that is being led by Julie Neal and Christian uh, Downs and, and Julie Neal of Mother's Quest and Christine Downs of Notable Woman and it really uses the power of podcasting to invite podcasters and their listeners and their listeners to raise their awareness on critical social justice issues through the power of conversation you guys can go check anything out over at mothersquest.com slash solidarity to sign up and for more details I'll be talking about this in each episode so that you guys could really know what this is about. And
0: I'm um, really excited to be part of this initiative. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell them the link one more time just to make sure they have it.
1: It is mothersquest.com solidarity.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you would like any of the links that we just discussed, please check out our show notes, ShePodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at shepodcasts. And if you'd like to send us a message, you can use our website to send us a voice message, or you can send us an email at feedback at ShePodcast.com. Also, if you've gotten any useful information out of this show and or you would like to join us for special... Um, VIP Q&A's in a group called the She Podcast Super Squad head over to our Patreon it's patreon.com forward slash She Podcast and sign up for at least the $5 level we would be happy to have you and give you our individual and customized attention on all your podcasting needs so check that out too patreon.com forward slash She Podcast thank you guys so much again for listening love you mean it bye